0: Baby Combo is in the building, so if you hear him, you hear him, Combo Nation! What is up, everyone, and welcome to episode 489 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Today's show, Zach Noble, ball is life, basketball podcaster, joins in to talk. Suns Free Agency, comparing Chet and Wemby, top five NBA players heading into next season, and so much more. Intro music by Luca Beats, let's. Get into it. Zach Noble, welcome back to Compost Court. It's been a while, man.
1: I always like hearing that voice, my dude.
0: <laughs> What's up, man? Are you on um, Threads? Everybody's on Threads now. Is uh, that was like a passive aggressive move by by Zuck? You know, Twitter broke down for a little bit, and now everybody's on Threads.
1: <laughs> Is that what it started? Just Twitter breaking down? Because I honestly just heard about it like yesterday or today, even. Um, so I'm, I'm a little behind in that world, but. No, I'm still just Twitter and LinkedIn, baby.
0: So you know, are you going to go on? It's, uh, well, you're not an Instagram guy, so it's easy to transfer from Instagram to thread. So I'm not sure how you do it, but you could do it. I wonder if things will make a shift eventually. You never know. It's like, you know, Instagram always tries new things. They tried IGTV, which was ch- kind of like their YouTube that didn't really work out. They tried stories, which did work out. You know, that was more um, Snapchat and they did reels that worked out. That was like their TikTok. So you never know how it goes.
1: Yeah, um, I'm pretty stable on my social media platforms. <laughs> I'll just leave that up to the birds. But um, NBA Twitter, I don't see him shifting too much. I mean, we had pretty, pretty stable little children like to just yell in the Twitter feeds.
0: Most definitely. What's going on with your man, James Harden? You were always really high <laughs> on this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like for years you might have been even higher on him than most. I mean, everybody was high on him back in the Rockets days. Obviously, his game has changed if you even like look back at old highlights from the time I remember when you were at ball life, that was probably like prime Harden. Right. And if you right. watch, if you watch those videos, like the feet just moved differently. Like he was just a different player. His game has shifted. Yeah. He was probably better back now, but he does some things now even better. Like he game manages better. He's more of a pure point guard. He sets the teams up. He's not solely focused on scoring the basketball and drawing fouls like he used to um how have we come to this I mean I got to put some of it on James because it's like the third team in a row he's basically asked out on um Houston he kind of played his way out like you could tell he didn't want to be there and he just wouldn't really play hard so he got to Brooklyn then he asked out of there now it's the Sixers and the same thing happens again how did we get here and what do you make of this situation does James just have to look in the mirror
1: so, yeah, I mean, he definitely doesn't go blameless in this whole situation. I mean, there's a trend here. When there's trends, I mean, there's when there's smoke, there's fire. I'm a firm believer of that. But at the same time, it's like Houston ran its course. They weren't bringing anybody else, and it's kind of like the Dame situation now. And I felt like Harden gave him a fair shake, even though you can argue the Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook deal, all of that jazz, but... Um, honestly, I thought Harden asked out at the perfect time in the summertime, but Houston ignored it. They wanted to play the long game and kind of doing what uh, Portland's doing with Dame right now and um, differences. And then what Maury's doing with Harden right now in Philly, uh, but that's, we'll get there. So uh, with Houston, Harden's just, he gave a couple teams, unlike Dame it sounds like, from the facts that we know Harden gave. And it sounded like he wanted to go to Philly and there's no way Houston was going to reunite him and Maury right off the bat. Um, So he's going to send him to a second place in Brooklyn. James was definitely cool at that formed arguably the greatest big three of all time. Could have been in my opinion. I I really believe that. And the results were there in the 20 games they played together, what have you. Uh, But then the injuries toppled on, then the foot on the line happened, but, um, if you got the biggest James Harden hater in the world and Zach Lowe, I truly believe that. Um, and that, I've lost a lot of respect for Zach Lowe, how he's been targeting a couple dudes, and but at the same time it makes it more fun because you get the you get the stereotype people and all the this stuff. But um he was a little more kind to him on this recent show. But even Zach Lowe's come around and he's like, Yeah, Harden was smart getting out of Brooklyn. I mean, it was just the Kyrie debacle, and then Harden obviously was the proactive smart one because he beat the other two to the punch. And so he gets out of there like both those situations. I don't necessarily blame him. This one, on the other hand, this is the most questionable one, in my opinion. Okay. So a great fitting team. This team is. They should have beat the Celtics last year. There's no excuses for that, even though the Celtics were the better team. They were the more talented team, Uh, but they had the lead, they choked, there was no way around that. Harden played good enough. Like what what is going on right now? There was a huge disconnect. This is the simplest way to put it, and I've been beating this like a dead horse. Like, this has nothing to do with the teammates. Harden loves his teammates, as you could see at the White Party this past weekend. Uh, all is well in that world. It's all about the contract. Like Daryl Morey was Say cheating or in the simplest terms, or doing what most GMs do. He just got caught last year with PJ Tucker, Daniel House, and Harden goes out and does things differently for the first time in five to seven years. He hires a group of agents back in February. So Harden, this situation's new to him about his contract conversations and that going ongoing. And uh, he didn't like that Daryl Morey didn't want to break the rules for him this year now. And so that was a big part of this, and it, Harden's getting it as the the third um, line on the telephone, not the second or the direct one sitting in the rooms with Maury. So there's a lot of moving parts here, and honestly, there's a lot to be determined. I still think, and I've said this from the beginning, is like, I think Harden wants to be in Philly. I just think he wanted the money, and it's all about the contract, and that's where I'm at.
0: Yeah, I mean part of it was that he didn't want to play with doc anymore so it's interesting he wanted to opt in to opt out essentially when doc was leaving too you know you mentioned that all white party it's funny like if you just talk around the pe- if you just talk around the league he's one of those stars that people like really like you know he doesn't talk to the media much so it doesn't seem like it but people tend to like being around james and playing with james for sure yeah okay look so how would you define his legacy now because back then you were Let's actually go back to that time when you know he was winning those MVPs. Where did you rank him in the league? Were you one of those guys that like had him at like because people were trying to say like top two shooting guards of all time? Um, he was, I mean, he was dominating back then, like it was ridiculous. Like I saw one game against the Knicks, like it didn't even make sense what he was doing. Um, I definitely never had him that high, like had him like right under Jordan or anything. But how did you look at him then and how would you define his legacy, even though? there's still more story left to be told, right? How would you define his legacy as of now?
1: Yeah, so I've always said he's one of the most hated, most underrated players. Um, he definitely has this couple asterisks, but every single player really does have their asterisks. You know? um, the difference is, I mean, I personally don't think he's ever had a team good enough and healthy enough to win. This team wasn't this year either. I mean, the Sixers comes down to Embiid's health. Embiid was probably, what, 85%? of himself in this year's playoffs and that's another thing it's like jumping to injury prone stars dude like that's that's on you a little bit um choosing Katie and Kyrie they had the history before um you could tell they were going backwards injury wise and then you go to Embiid and now you're thinking about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard come on bro like if that's what's gonna happen then you're just gonna get sick of all these dudes getting injured and um, I want to hear from his words in regards to, like, the usage, because the complaints were coming about about that recently, that he wanted a more scoring guard. But I think that was Doc, honestly, throwing those rumors around. Anyways, I think Harden, you could argue, um, at his peak, greater than Wade, but I still have Wade ahead. I think that's a, a real debate just based on longevity, just like LeBron gets in conversation conversations based on his longevity but yeah I think Harden's top five shooting guard um ever and then outside of that like right now like argue he's a top 15 player I mean that's about where he's at right now player wise um and then at his peak like you could always argue there's top three top five player in the league for sure um thing is I mean situations like there's this list about homegrown champions i don't know if you saw that list being thrown out like with mj and um dirk being on the list and kobe bryant um these are titles that
0: larry bird probably was on the list i hope
1: he was yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. Um, i can bring it up really easy but like it's about these titles that mean more well the difference is didn't have to leave because by the time they were ready to win titles getting perfect fitting teams or the right talent Dirk was the only one on this list of I don't know 12 dudes um, that stuck around through some shitty teams but everybody else like Steph Curry man had a perfect team throughout his whole career outside early on but he wasn't ready to win at that stage anyways Pray for Andrew Wiggins he's perfectly fitting they got the depth they I mean yeah, so that's what separates some of these greats from others is environment and situation, you know?
0: Yeah, it's interesting you said you wanted to hear about James talk about his usage because that was something he might have been upset about. James Harden is like the weekend. Like he's ne- he's like never going to give you an in-depth interview. So you never really know what's going on in his mind if you're not actually talking to him personally. And as I said, like people tend to like him, but he's not giving much to the media, so you never really know what's going on.
1: So then people just believe what they hear from the grapevine, and
0: yeah, um, exactly. And being he's in
1: trade rumors, there's a lot of jockeying and stuff made up too.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, are you a bull bull guy? Unfortunately, bull bull got waived, and there we go. And it's interesting because I think like people, and I like Bobo. Bull bull. I thought he never should have been drafted in the second round. Like I thought he was a first round guy when it happened. I mean, obviously, when you watch him play, he does some special things on the court. People got to hold back though on the. Wemby check comparisons. Cause I just believe like Wemby and Chet play with a different level of awareness on both sides of the floor than Bobo. Like, yeah, if you put their skill sets and you just like type them out, like dribble pass, they they're both tall. They all could shoot, but there's just a different level of savvy and awareness that those two have over Bobo. But I will say Bobo is a hooper and I hope he finds a place in the NBA somewhere.
1: He better, man. I definitely thought he showed enough. To not be written off so quickly, like he did, even in Orlando, he just faded into the abyss there. And uh, I hope he gets picked up in a place where he gets opportunity. But you brought it up, Chet and Wemby. Like, how big is the gap there? Because honestly, I I truly think their skill sets are very similar. Obviously, I'm going with Wemby. I mean, bill of health. I mean, stiffer competition he's played against. I think he's going to fill out quicker. I just feel like his bone structure seems to be that way like he'll put on more muscle. I don't know I could be way off there uh, oh, so now, now you're
0: now you're comparing Chet and Wemby
1: right you, you brought that up but yeah I do think their games are pretty similar. Yeah
0: I do I think Wemby's bigger probably a little more athletic in transition in terms of getting up and down the court fast. Um, Chet is actually a great defender, but I think Wemby brings something that we probably never saw before with that wingspan. Like he's even bigger than Chet. And then he has like, you know, actually Chet has a really nice handle, but I feel like there's some separation stuff that Wemby has that he shows flashes of that like we never seen somebody seven five do. But I mean, I do think they are similar. They both passed the ball. They both got really I I think their IQ is both high. So it's gonna be interesting to see. I feel like Wemby's more of a fluid athlete though, I would say.
1: Yeah, i agree on all like all of that. But like um fluid athlete probably be the best step writer, best gap. But like um kind of like Dame and Steph, where Steph is better in literally everything than Dame. Um
0: by, by a little bit, by a little right. bit, and then on top of that, the off-the-ball movement, that's, like, the biggest separator.
1: Uh, But, like, I don't think Dame is necessarily – I think Dame can move off-ball. I just don't think he's really had the opportunity or ultra just the position. Maybe that's, I mean.
0: maybe that's why he wanted to play with Dre. He wanted to show he could do that, you know? Seriously. Yeah.
1: No, I can, I've always felt that.
0: Yeah, I, I never thought Dre was going anywhere, um, and – If Dre would have went somewhere, it would have been the end of that dynasty. Because I think as great as Steph is, it's the way those three fit together. That's like the heart and soul of the team. And they just fit with each other like a puzzle. Now, Clay's not the same player. How do you feel CP3 fits into this equation?
1: You know, I think he'll fit perfectly just because of the intelligence of the group. And uh, just he doesn't he can play different styles. I truly believe that. Like, I mean, he adjusted perfectly with Harden. he adjusted great with SGA. Um, he did. Like he's just a dynamic dude and intelligent dude, playmaker, passer. Um, I think his catch and shoot game is very underrated, but he's um, also, he tends to hold the ball a lot more than people say too. like, That's one thing a lot of people forget about. Like Chris Paul, I put in this category with Paul, George, Kawhi Leonard that people think of these guys in this dynamic, like they don't need the ball very much. Well, they kind of do. They actually like to back down, put you in the post. They like to be creative with it and tend to hold onto the ball a lot longer than people think.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of the reason going full circle now back to James, like why that didn't work out. Right. They Mm, They both needed the basketball in their hand. It actually like it did work. Kind of. I mean, I think they were an injury away from what? The finals?
1: Yep. Ariza and then Chris Paul.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right about that. They'll figure it out because of the IQ on paper. It just seems weird because it's going to be tough, I think, to get Draymond and Chris Paul on the court at the same time, unless Chris really adjusts into playing off the ball, you know, because Draymond's going to need it. You can't, I don't know if you can play with both of them. And then you got Looney, right? Like, that's another non-shooter. So Chris is not a non-shooter, obviously, but he's not really a spacer either. So I think it's just going to be an interesting dynamic with this team, and we'll see how it goes. The The biggest thing for them is that the young guys got to step up.
1: Correct. And I, the question is, will they ever use their depth? I mean, I personally think they should be selling high on him because it seems like they don't want to use this depth. But, like, biggest question mark is, in the closing lineups I mean this team seems too small if you're going with your best players overall um and I think the league's getting bigger and bigger and more important to be bigger by the day uh so Draymond at center I don't think is going to work for much longer for these guys if at all ever uh but Chris Paul coming off the bench doesn't seem like something that dude will ever be okay with so I'm excited to see him and Draymond get after a little bit and have some fun with that
0: dynamic i don't want to talk too much about the fit with with booker beal and KD because i talked about that right. enough on this podcast but how do you feel about the moves that have been made around them i, I think they've been pretty good you know i think there's a redundancy <laughs> with i think there's a redundancy in skill set with those three but i mean i think they're making some good moves in the right direction how do you feel about that team as of now since we've seen free agency unfold a little bit
1: Yeah, I don't like it at all. One bit, man. Um, I'm going to bring them back up here so I know the exact numbers, but um, I don't really like them as far as I can recall. If they would have done what the Lakers did or um, even some of the guys like the Kings or the Cavs got, like Timberwolves, like outside of Eric Gordon and KBD. Okay, those are the two I like.
0: Eric Gordon I really like, yeah.
1: So, okay. I'd say, like, I think they could have done much better fit wise. But but, 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 like,
0: but, now, but now, if you think about it, I mean, you really only need, like, s- to be honest, your top seven has to be good enough when you have talent like those three. Even though I keep saying I don't think they fit the best together. But I mean, when you have three of that kind of talent, if you get like a solid top seven, you have a chance, you know? Perfectly said.
1: I mean, the fit. Uh, the the talent exceeds the fit. I always say. I mean, yeah, that's either has to fit yeah. to beat the talent, or talent exceeds the fit, and that's what I'm not worried about these guys at all because I think they got eight deep. But uh, Drew Eubanks is a backup center. I'm not too fond of. Um, I think he's not a playoff guy at all. But might be able to help float you through the regular season. I'd rather have Bismack and Biombo to be honest. Uh, but at the end of the day, they still have this eight and trump card as long as. They don't deflate his uh, value too much, so they can always trade him and de- bolster their bench a little bit.
0: What other free agency moves, under the radar free agency moves, have you been really paying attention to ha- that you have been taking a liking to?
1: Um, the first one that I thought of right off the bat would be um, Seth Curry. I thought he was the steal of yeah. free agency. Two years, yeah. $9.2 million. Uh, should get a lot of PT, especially if they find a way to get Tim Hardway out of there. Um, I think that's going to be very valuable. I think he should be back to his ceiling working off uh, Kyrie and Luca. There, um, of that, I would say that Russell Westbrook was a steal. Jeremy Grant was maybe the worst contract of the bunch besides Dylan Brooks. I didn't like either of those. Oh, I li- but, by the way, I
0: like, Dil- I like the Dylan Brooks signing. So I guess we're, I guess we're,
1: like
0: yeah. Sanders I think he- at twenty. I think he brings them toughness. I think they need that. I mean, like, we see all – the money's just different now. Like, that, that's that's what a player like him goes for. He's a good player. He just had a bad shooting year, and then the stuff with LeBron was overblown. I think Dylan Brooks bring them brings them something they really need with that young team.
1: Bad shooting year when a team, like, full of average – low-average shooters, and Dylan Brooks is, like – He's had good 20 game stretches, man. He's, he's never really had a good year, three point shooting wise. I mean, okay, I'll take that. He's had one out of uh, seven, seven years, 2018 19, his second year uh, in the league. Okay. Um, that was his, oh, and on top of that, dude, he only played 18 games that year.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So what, what, what was what, what was his best shooting year not that year, like, a, like where he played more games? 5%, 5%. What? 5%,
1: that was his rookie year, dude.
0: 35 you said
1: 35? 35 35 oh, okay okay that was his rookie year where he played all games and this is a guy that misses a lot of time uh do much else besides defend and or no give your team energy and you're gonna pay a guy 80 million dollars for four years when you're gonna need money coming up here like I just feel like if that deal was one or two years, I'd be completely fine with it. But Dylan Brooks, man, that team needed shooting. He really did. And there's no way you can't start Dylan uh, for that money and the way this team is set up. Like there's rumors of Rockets people like up in arms. um, They're worried about Jalen Green coming off the bench. Like, are you stupid? There's no, there's no world where your best player, arguably your best player or, your third pick and Jabari Smith are coming off the bench. Well,
0: what's interesting is that a man might come off the bench.
1: That is also, I'm glad you said that because I agree, man. I think he should be starting. I would love for him to be starting. Yeah, that, I think, that,
0: you know, that's a question I actually asked because I found it an interesting question. Like on Twitter, I was like, who's the starting five. And I don't think anybody had a man in there.
1: It seems like that's a foregone conclusion right now. And I understand that um, with Fred there, so you got Fred, Jalen, um, Shangguin, and Jabari, and then Dylan Brooks at the three. Yeah. Um,
0: Usually that high of a draft pick on a rebuilding team gets to start, you know?
1: Right, but obviously Eme coming in, they wanted to win right away. Um, the front office has been sick of losing in general the ownership, so that's why they went out and signed these guys. Brooke Lopez would have been perfect there because – one, he fills a fit and a need for this team. But two, he's a guy that I think would have been personally okay with coming off the bench. And also, like, he's not going to sit there about minutes all day.
0: Yeah. All right, Zach, you're the list man. So before we get out Bring of here, you, you got to give me your top five NBA players going into 2023, Oof. 2024 season. And if Wemby has some breakout game in summer league, I don't know if he's going to break into your top five. So we don't know how that's going to go yet. <laughs>
1: Let's joking. start with where. Joking, where do you predict joking. when beat when be to finish at the end of this year? Well, on your list
0: or my list? Unlike <laughs> <laughs> like you're saying, like consensus.
1: Yeah, oh, like man. what what tier, what type of player?
0: Like where? Put it this way: Where was Evan Mobley top after his rookie season? Top what?
1: that is the biggest debate in the world Evan Mobley debate we got into it on my last show um and yeah. uh, by the way if you didn't see I started a new balls life show with I did a not see it
0: that's great so yeah. now we plugged it good good yeah I love that yeah I uh, combo combo needs an invite so he can come on and talk yeah you're
1: on man you're getting on uh, this time okay uh, but with that said uh, what are Evan Mobley, man I think just because his dude's not dropping 20 points he's like underachieving because he's only getting 20% usage. He's underachieving, but this dude is such a polished defender and NBA player already. And like, he just scores so seamlessly. It makes the game look so simple. Like he does what he needs to do for that team and fits perfectly. Let's let's, I want to know where your thoughts are.
0: Yeah. I I don't know if I'm as high as him, as you, I would think, and I do why? think he's on. I, I do think he's underrated. Like I think because I, I feel like you you're like talking about him like he's all star or something. <laughs> no, but seriously, Borderline. But but, but seriously, but seriously, I think the reason why people why he's underrated is because everything's about the bag now and the shooting. So it's hard to you know quantify what type of player he is if he doesn't have a crazy bag or he's not yep. shooting well for some fans, right? But obviously he. Guys like him and Scotty Barnes and Cade Cunningham, they came in NBA ready defenders, and that's so big because you could put players like that in a playoff series and they could do well. And Evan Mobley proved he could be a plus NBA player already, and it's only his second season, so he's definitely a terrific player. Um, I thought he was the right draft pick for them. But getting back to Wemby, I think he's like a twenty nine and seven guy. A, is that five five
1: assists. Okay, okay, Tw- I, had to, I had to pause and. I thought you said nine points. No, 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 no. No.
0: (laughs) I think like 20 points, nine rebounds, maybe I'd say four assists, maybe three point five assists. So where does that land them if the Spurs take a 15-game jump? Where where would that land them in the league if that was the case?
1: They can win 35 games and those that's a stat line, decent, let's just say league average or decent efficiency. Um, which I agree with all those things you said. And I think they should jump just a couple games to 15 is insane. But if they do jump 15 games, um, that would put them, I think, upper 30s or lower 40s in wins. Um, I'd have to verify. But let's just say 35 to 45 wins for something like that. There's a big gap there for sure. But let's say conservatively 35 to 40. I think that puts them in the debate for top 30.
0: Top 30 NBA players. 40 minimum. Okay. I, I I would say then top 50 top 40 sounds like a lot, but he's really good. I mean, he's really good, man. The guy's really good. It, it sounds like a lot for a rookie, but look, we've seen, we've seen other generational talents coming right away and be top 20. So yeah. Why Luke, not?
1: Luca was top after his rookie year. I, I mean, he was top 35.
0: I mean, magic, Le, magic LeBron. We've seen it before. We've seen it bird. We've seen it. So yeah. Okay. So now you got to give me your top five guys. You got to give me your top five guys.
1: Yeah, Jokic for sure. Uh, nothing's really changed for him. I'm not worried about their depth at all. I love their rookies coming in. So, environment still straight straight for I think he's still going to be motivated for one more year. Everybody's worried about he's going to retire and go off into the miss. No, the dude's got a couple more years in him. Uh, so, after him, Giannis. Um, three, I'm going to oh, – this is this is where it gets interesting. Go Tatum. I'm going Tatum 3. I'm going I'm not, uh, Luka I'm, not I'm, four. A, I'm not the biggest Tatum guy by the way,
0: but I know he's a good player. I know he's a good player.
1: Well, after I finish, you want to hear you. No no no, no 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 no.
0: Luca no Tatum takes. Luca
1: 4. Luca 4. Um Your Embiid, uh, actually, screw it. Anthony Edwards five.
0: No, I just kidding. Wow, uh, I like that though. I like that. I, no, honestly, I no. that's the first name that came to mind, even though he's probably not there yet. That's the first name that yeah. Bing came to mind. I yeah.
1: So I'll go. I'll go. KD five. Yet yeah. I'm not right. Just because so Ka- I trust his.
0: So Katie, Jokic, Luca. Um, who am I missing? Who am I? Giannis? Right.
1: too.
0: And I'm missing somebody. Tatum three. That's Right,
1: that's right. Okay, that's
0: a good five, Zach. Zach, what tell me more about the new podcast? What's the name of it? Did you drop any sods yet? Did you drop any episodes yet?
1: Got two out, so we just put another one out yesterday. Um, it's been the work for a while. You know, Zach Ramey, so he's on there with me, and then Albert Wynn. Um, he's a big betting dude, but he's a diehard uh Mavs fan, uh, well connected in the sports world, great basketball mind, but um, yeah, just something fun uh hopefully we can keep it rolling for a while and this is my third show with ball is life now so hopefully uh this one's here to last a little longer but um yeah i'm excited about it we're off to a good start what's the name of it all things nba from a to z
0: gotcha yeah yeah i know zach fan of no team no that's my guy that's my guy shouts to zach man zach and zach there you go zach and zach
1: That was the A to Z part, Albert and Zach.
0: And Zach, got you. Zach, thanks so much for taking the time. You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon, man.
1: Soon, brother. Good, Good chat. Later.
0: There it was. Yet another episode of Combos Court is in the books. Big shouts to Zach for joining in. We appreciate you. Thank you to everyone who tunes into the show. Be on the lookout for episode 490. Combo out.